Well, hey everyone, I hope you're doing very well. Sats here, welcome to C3 Reflect, and uh, it's great to be hanging out today. Thanks for giving us your time. Uh, it's really appreciated, and really believe this content is gonna encourage you, lift your spirits. Uh, but before we get to all of that, can I just encourage you, if you are tuning in for the first time, just maybe discovered us on the grand old internet, make sure you hit subscribe, and uh, that way we can keep this relationship, these hangs going. And if you've been around for a little while and you maybe just want to let us know, hey, I'm, I'm over here. Uh, hey, I'm actually around. I want to connect into some of the stuff in church life. Let me just encourage you to do that. I think it's easy to be background, but God really wants to, you to be integrated in the community and to get to know people. And I think just putting your hand up and saying, hey, I'm here is a really cool thing to do. So if you want to do that, go to c3reflect.church slash connect. That's c3reflect.church slash connect. And you can put your details and um, you know it'll be great to help you um, become part of everything that's happening at C3 uh, Reflect. Well, hey, we're in this series called Influencers and uh, it's a nine week series. I hope you've been enjoying it so far. And uh, what's really cool about this series is it's not just a preaching series. It's not just like a nice idea of something we wanna impart into the church. It's, it's also actually something that is who we are as a church. And uh, so it's really communicating some of our vision and our values. And uh, our vision is split into three kind of areas. Uh, firstly, we wanna help people and help you connect into community. So again, if you haven't connected in, uh, make sure you go to that uh, web address. Uh, and that's really because, you know, the Christian life is not a solitary, isolated life. It's, it's actually part of God's design that we're integrated uh, together. We're supposed to be united in Christ, uh, God's temple. And uh, that's us, the church and his spirit, his presence resides and we meet together. And so the context of community is so important for being a healthy human being, uh, let alone a healthy Christian. If you want to, I bet if you take a list of all the serial killers in the world, they were all isolated, disconnected individuals. And uh, something beautiful happens when we come together. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. So that's the first part of our vision to help you connect into community. Secondly, uh, that you would transform into the image of Christ. And of course, this is about being molded into Christ. He's the, the firstborn. He's the, the one who goes before us. And uh, we're following in his example. That's why we call ourselves followers of Jesus. And so the Christian life is not just behavioral change moral code and so on it's actually transformation deep uh, we have an identity change as uh, you know we identify with Christ who died for our sins and we also identify in Christ who was raised to life and so we've got a whole new identity we've got a whole new uh, humanity even and uh, we've come alive because of Jesus and so that process uh, doesn't stop when you get saved it continues and we continue to grow into the fullness of everything that God has called us to be and thirdly uh, we're going to influence the world and uh, this is really cool because I think influence is like the last thing it's the fruit of a life that is connected into community and is being transformed to be more like Jesus. And uh, the thing about fruit is you don't have to like force it. You don't like, there's, there's no tree out there like thinking, mm, if I could just create some apples. It's like, no, it's a natural uh, produce of that tree being healthy. And so we're gonna find that we become healthy in ourselves, there's gonna be this overflow um, into our world and, and everything about your purpose connects from who you are as a person. And so when we begin to clean up our lives and put in some disciplines and all sorts of things, we're gonna find that we actually begin to produce something that is of value, we begin to contribute to society, you become uh, just a helpful human being that people like to be around, we become relationally blessed because and there's something about the way we're living our lives that is posturing ourselves not just about us, but around other people and 
and meeting the needs of others and we're creating real genuine cool stuff. And, and, and the influence comes from that place. And so the reason this series is called Influence is, is because that's really the ultimate vision is that we're all actually living out that purpose and living out the fullness of God um, in our world. And uh, what we've done is we've taken those there's three parts of our vision we've broken down into nine elements of influence. And I just believe that if we can implement these nine things in our world uh, and in our lives, we're going to find ourselves being incredibly effective human beings. And uh, we're going to experience human flourishing. And we're going to also be great followers of Jesus uh, because Jesus fulfilled every single one of these things. And so what's really cool about this series is we're actually uh, inviting you to become a part of something, a discipleship framework called Influencers. So this is not just a preach like, oh, that's nice. No, we're actually putting this out there to say, hey, if you're wondering who we are as a church and what we value and what we're about, well, here are nine things that, that we think pretty well encapsulate what that means for 2023, uh, ancient timeless truth of God's word, but with the local context of today to interpret and understand and translate that into our everyday lives, which look very different from when Jesus was walking around 2000 years ago. And, and so if you find that these nine things resonate with you and our vision and our values resonate with you, you can actually make the decision, okay, I wanna sign up, I actually wanna become an influencer. And uh, simply on the basis of resonance and, and uh, really, wanted to make sure that these nine things were things that were not just specific to our church, but also in wherever you are in your future, when you move away to a different city or whatever that looks like, or you go back home after you've been studying that you can actually apply each of these nine things and still feel completely able to invest in, in that, the, adopting those values um, right now. And so influences is a, a discipleship framework. And uh, some of the practicals of what that looks like is that we'll meet every month and, uh, you know, it's a time to go a little bit deeper. Uh, Jesus has got the 72 disciples. He's got the 12 disciples. And not everybody makes it to the 72 and not everybody makes it to the 12. And that's not because Jesus doesn't want people to follow him. He does. It's just that people get to choose. And so in that sense, Christianity is both inclusive and exclusive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that every person... It has got that invitation, but not every person chooses to follow Jesus. And so we've got to actually make use, use the power of our decision on the inside of us and say, yeah, I, I want in. And so every month uh, we've got a meeting. It's also an opportunity for, for you to have a, a seat at the table and say, how am I actually invested in what we're doing as a church? And we'd love to hear your voice. And as we plan and navigate direction and strategy, it's like, well, we want to hear what the influencers have to say, because these are the people who are actually with us. And finally, the third aspect of benefit really of joining influencers uh, is simply that you're putting up your hand to say, hey, I actually uh, want to be discipled and uh, I want you to be praying for me. I want you to be uh, checking in on me. I want you to be uh, helping me and nurturing me. And that's just a really helpful thing as pastors and as a team, as a church, just to have a group of people who are like, yeah, let's go. We're ready to go. And so I'd love to invite you to consider that and you can check all the details at, on the website, uh, particularly as we come towards the end of the series. So we're in week three and today we're talking about a third element of influence, which is gathering. So the third element of influence is gathering. And uh, I wanted to talk about maybe a big elephant in the room, uh, which is why do we gather? Why do we meet as a church? What, what's the deal with that? Is that something we actually need to do? And uh, if it is something we need to do, how often are we supposed to do it? Where does it actually come from, that idea? And uh, you know, I just really realized you show up for, for what you value. And uh, you know, when there's something you really care about and there's something you really uh, you're excited about, 
you're there. You, you clear your calendar. Uh, you know, when it comes to your holiday in the year, if anyone wants to put in a meeting and you, got, you plan to go abroad somewhere, you, you, you know, no, I, I can't make those things. I'm in that place. I value where I'm going. And, uh, and so what we've seen has been really interesting over the course of the pandemic and even still today. Um, the aftermath of, I think, just that disruption to our rhythm. Uh, there was a trend that was already accelerating, uh, that was already happening rather, and has been accelerated due to the pandemic. And that was that people were not going to church as often as they used to. And I wanna talk about that for a moment because I think sometimes the temptation as a leader or a pastor is to go, hey, come on guys, let's everyone come to church. And uh, you know, don't neglect meeting. And it's like, well, that's cool, but I'd much rather talk about why. I'd much rather go into the detail scripturally so we can understand what are we even trying to do? <laughs> Why do we need to be? What is the point? Because I just understand that you show up for what you value. And if we don't understand something, we're not going to show up. Uh, but it is a value for us. Here at C3 Reflect, I want to talk about um, why um, that is. Um, you show up for what you uh, value. So um, if I was to ask you today, you know, what, what, are the, what are the reasons that we gather as a church? And we did a little poll uh, I'm sure we get some things like this. We get things like, you know, well, we're going to hear the word of God being preached. Uh, we're going to have some time, a time of worship. We're going to get encouraged or maybe we're going to have some great community time and, um, you know, have coffee together and communion and, and celebrate. And, and it's a great social time. And, and there'll be other reasons and, you know, having getting our kids in church and a whole variety of details. And if you were to say any one of those things, you wouldn't be incorrect. But I would just simply say that there is something that nobody has listed yet. <laughs> and it's that very thing that I wanna talk about which happens when we gather. If the only reason that we gather is to hear a message, is to have a time of worship, have some coffee, you can do all of those things at home. You don't need to come to church. And of course, that is the conclusion that many people have had. Think, well, I can just catch up at home. I can just watch the message then. Isn't it a spiritual download? Isn't this encouraging me? You're right and you're wrong. <laughs> I believe there's another dynamic that I want to un unpack theologically of something that happens when we gather. So I'm going to read you a passage of scripture and it's from Romans. Uh, sorry, not Romans. It's not Romans. It's Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1 to 28. Now, before I read this, let me just give you a heads up that this is pretty wild. And there's all sorts of stuff in here that is referring to the Old Covenant and the Old Testament of the system, the sacrificial system that God instituted and the people of Israel followed. And it is strange. And I, and I want to just enjoy the strangeness of it for a moment because I think sometimes we're just so quick to go, all right, cool, that's what they did. But just to actually examine and go, what is going on here? <laughs> and because God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher. And there's actually some really deep, cool stuff. So, okay, you ready? Here we go. Hebrews chapter nine. So what it says, now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section, in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. Okay, so we're going pretty detailed right now, but just come with me and imagine this scenario. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place. They're really, you know, uh, creative with their naming titles. Having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna, an Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. 
Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. These preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties, but into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year and not without taking blood. Okay, well, that's strange, but let's keep going. <laughs> uh, which he offers for himself and the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of the Reformation. So we've got loads of detail, but keep tracking with me here in verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Since the death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death, since it's not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood, both the tent, all the vessels used in worship, indeed under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And thus, it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the the presence of God on our behalf, nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Okay, wow, there's a, there's a lot going on here, guys. And I want to just unpack for a moment and just take you back to the first covenant. We saw a lot of detail. And some of that detail for us today is really odd. I mean, it's talking about Moses, who's getting all this blood, and he says he sprinkled it on, on, on the people. You imagine coming to church, and your pastor or your priest or vicar or whatever, they, they got like a, an animal, and it's, and it's dead. And we're really like disconnected from, from this side of our life. Like we really uh, live a very sanitized life when it comes to these sort of things. And so maybe that's not such a good thing. And back then it was a little bit more different. You're a little bit closer to the food that you're eating. And, and Moses is there and it literally says he sprinkled both the book itself 
and the people. Imagine coming into church, someone's throwing blood around. You guys walk out straight away thinking, what is going on? And he sprinkled the, the tent and all the vessels used in worship, getting like the guitar, in the drum kit, throwing blood all over it, all over the walls. What is going on in this place? Why are they throwing blood everywhere? Well, this, this, was, this was connected to this idea that, that the forgiveness requires the shedding of blood. And we see even with Adam and Eve, when sin comes into the world, and one of the first things God does for them is says he made skins for them and clothed them. He, he kills an animal. Blood is shed for, for their sin. And their sin is, if you like, metaphorically or spiritually put on this, this animal and they are covered by the skins that he created from the animal. And so this Old Testament covenant, there's this whole sacrificial system, which is like crazy and so much detail that is all about the forgiveness of sins. And the high priest that it says there once a year would go in and they would they would send the high priest. This is crazy, right? This is how intense this is. They would tie a piece of rope around the high priest's ankle. And so when he went in once a year to do this special atonement for the people for their sin, just in case there was something off about this, this high priest, he'd sinned or he's going in with the wrong attitude or something like that. Just in case if he died in the presence of God, that they would be able to get him out from the most holy place <laughs> because they can't go in and get him. So this is like crazy. But here's what I want us to catch today because I think sometimes we look at all this stuff and we're just like, what a load of weird stuff for us. Like it's so hard for us to translate into today. But the Bible is telling us something really important. Because this whole system of sacrifice, I want to actually just stress the fact that it actually worked. This is actually created by God. Sometimes we're like, oh, God's just changed his mind. Now he sent Jesus. It's like, you know, God created this system. He's the same yesterday and forever. And he created this sacrificial system to provide forgiveness for the people of Israel at this time in this particular place in a very particular, specific way. And that system worked. That covenant worked. And, and, and what is crazy for me is that this whole idea is actually referred to as a copy. Because you look at all that stuff and you're like, it's so specific. Like you got the curtains, you got all the vessels, you got all It's like, why is it done that way? Well, the Bible actually tells us that when Jesus offered his life as a sacrifice on the cross, see, see what happened is, is, is that these things are the replica, replicas of the real thing. And, and, and every time they would go through that system, it's because that was the actual system that exists in an actual place called heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus went to the end of the ages. He comes outside of time, outside of the material plane, let's call it, because the spiritual realm is outside of our ability to see, right? And the Bible says that everything in this earth is actually like a copy of the real thing. And Jesus... Rather than going as the high priest did to the actual physical temple here on earth, he actually goes to the real place in heaven. The Bible says that all these things are copies of the real thing. And Jesus offered his life, the perfect sacrifice, once for all, so that we could all be forgiven. And because Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, offered in the actual place, the real place, we can receive forgiveness. And this is God's new system that all who put their faith in Jesus and his free gift can be forgiven and can experience eternal life. So it's really interesting to me, this idea of a copy. I don't know if you realize this, but um, I don't know if anyone's into music, but there are some albums that I listen to as like a teenager that are like imprinted in my mind. 
And uh, I kind of got into music like a funny way. I got into music by like heavy metal. <laughs> I was into like all sorts of stuff. Uh, Deftone, System of a Down, Skindred, Trivia, just loads of really heavy stuff. And, and, I, and I found my way into music that way. And then I ended up kind of mellowing out a little bit, uh, listening to more Radiohead, Coldplay, Muse, these sort of guys. And, and, I, and I just remember, you ever have that feeling where, where you, you, you listen to an album on repeat? and it becomes anchored to a time and a place. So for me, there's, there's an album I listened to, Kid A by Radiohead, when I listened to it, I was reading a book and everything on that book is connected to that piece of music. I remember the room that I'm in and it's a really anchored memory for me and music has this incredible power to do that. And here's the thing is that, is that, 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 that there, are, there are moments, music has such an incredible power. When you listen to the album, it has the ability to do so much and open up your mind in so many incredible ways. And what's so interesting to me is that, did you know that every single album you've ever listened to is actually only a copy? It's not actually the real thing, it's a copy. Your favorite band of artists, they've sat together, they've produced it, they've recorded it, they've put it all together, and then they replicate it. Of course, back then it was CDs, and way before that it was cassettes, and way before that it was vinyls, but now vinyls back in. And uh, I'm not yet jumped on the trend, but I'm sure one day I will. And, and, and now we're just streaming it. We're, we're downloading the exact data, the exact combination of ones and zeros. It's a replica. See, every, every piece of music that you download and stream and listen on your phone and so on is a replica, but it's still incredibly powerful. It may be a copy of a, of a better event. Every time you listen to it, it's the same. It's not like when you're listening to an album, you're like, oh, it's the same. I can't believe it's the same as the last time I listened. It's like, well, duh, it's a copy. And we need to understand that what we're reading about in the Old Covenant, and this is why it's so important for us to understand, we, we, we actually need to understand the full context of, of, of what God has done. Otherwise, we won't actually understand what we're in right now. Unless we understand the Old, we don't understand the New. Because the Old Covenant was a copy, everything about it was a copy of this real place called heaven. Now, we have a really funny idea about what heaven is, right? Like, like when you think about heaven, you think of clouds, it, it all feels a bit floaty. And you think of harps. And, and to be honest, a lot of people don't, are not very interested in heaven because it sounds quite dull. It, it sounds quite sort of like floaty and, and just a bit weird and a bit ethereal. And, and you think, well, I, I want to go traveling. And, uh, you know, I want to eat great food and I want to, I, I want to hang out with friends and I, and I want to build my business and I, I want to do all these cool things that are more tangible. Well, friends, we need to understand something. Heaven is not this weird, floaty, intangible place. Heaven is actually the most real place that you can ever get to. Because everything here is a copy of the real place. So let me tell you this. If you love everything about earth, you, you're going to love heaven. Because you'll be able to travel in heaven. You'll be able to build businesses in heaven. You'll be able to eat food in heaven. Everything that is good on this earth is like a pale imitation. Why? Because it's a copy. If, you, if you've ever gone to see uh, your favorite band live, oh, there's, there's no comparison. And the way they flow between the songs, the way they choose the set list, the, the in-person experience, the sound quality, the, the, immersive, the, the smell, the lights, the, the whole experience is, is like at another level. And that's because it's the real thing. It's the real live event. And friends, we need to understand that everything that we have on this earth right now, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's life-changing. And some of those albums that I listened to changed my life. No exaggeration. But it's all a copy. A copy of a real 
place. Everything in this place is going to pass away. So I want to read another scripture to you just to help us really understand what we actually have now because of Jesus. And this is what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us, through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, friends, this is what we need to understand, is that the, the old system and the old covenant was all a copy of the real thing, but Jesus has actually gone to the real thing, the real place, a real physical place. And I say physical, not in the sense of the material, but in the sense that the spiritual realm is actually much more real than we realize. And everything here is a copy of that place. Jesus went and gave his life once and for all. And because of his sacrifice, you and I now have access to heaven. You and I have now have access to God's kingdom, God, God, God's, God's future for us because of Jesus, the main event. The real life experience. I, um, you know, I think of it like this. It's like God is giving us a ticket. Because we're not in heaven yet, are we? Like we're still here, like thinking, what's going on? We're still, we're, we've got this promise. We've got this hope that we're holding on to of the kingdom of God. Knowing that, that, that pain will disappear. Knowing that the struggle, the, the temporary suffering of this life will pass away. And we've got this promise, we've got this faith, we've got this belief that one day all of those things will pass away and God will remake heaven and earth. God will reform these things to reveal at the end of the ages, which is where Jesus went coming outside of time, outside of space and time to a new realm called heaven, the spiritual uh, realm. What we have is we have like a ticket. And uh, it's a cool ticket because here's the thing, it's, it's actually a VIP ticket. It's, it's not a ticket that you have bought. It's not a ticket that you can actually even buy. I don't know how to get VIP tickets. You, you can't buy them off the website. You have to know a guy. <laughs> you have to know someone. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a VIP event, but um, I haven't been to very many, but a while ago I used to uh, teach uh, somebody guitar and it turned out they were a professional basketball player. This is in Frankfurt in Germany and we were teach, doing guitar lessons and it was all cool. And, and he was like, hey, Sats, if you ever want to come to a game, see us play, just let me know. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> That'd be really cool. And so, you know, it was like, cool, 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 come for this time. I'll get you tickets to come backstage and, uh, or, or to the VIP room or whatever. And, and uh, brought a friend with me. I didn't really know much about basketball. And I, you know, I, I like sport, but I, I don't know who anyone was. And, but my friend who's with me, he was just like, in awe of everything that was going on. We came, we came through, we came to like a little corridor and uh, there's a woman there and, and she's just like, you know, who, you know, what, what name? And, and I gave the name of the guy who, who, who let us in and she just said, cool, in you go. And uh, he, he'd ridden ahead at the time to make sure that we could get through. 
and we just gave his name. And isn't that a little bit like for us as Christians? We, we, you can't get a VIP ticket. You can't get your way backstage and uh, you have to know somebody. Somebody has to make a way for you. And that's exactly what Jesus had done. And we came through and, and there was like all this free food. We're like, oh, this is amazing. And there's all the players walking around and my friend's like, oh, I'm going crazy. <laughs> and we watched the game and that was really cool. Turns out my friend was actually the, the like, star player. I didn't even realize. And, and, and all because we knew this guy, all because he was our friend, all because he had prepared a way for us, we, we got access to something that we didn't deserve. I mean, I'm sure there were much more people well deserving. I didn't pay anything. And this is what we need to understand about Christianity and the gospel is there's nothing we can do to make our way to heaven. We don't deserve to be there. We can't pay to be there. But because of God's grace and his love for you and I, he has made a way. He has prepared a ticket, a VIP ticket. But here's the other thing. It's not just a VIP ticket. It's also a group ticket. It's a group ticket. God has prepared us to go together. And so one of the strangest ideas for me is that, is that right now in this life, we would not want to hang out with other believers, other Christians, that we would live an isolated life when we're actually going to spend all of eternity. It's, it's going to be a bit awkward, guys, if you get up there and you don't know anyone. I'm thinking, oh, I should have made some friends before I came. Because, because, because the Christian life, we're all united in Christ and we're going on the same ticket. We've got a group ticket to heaven. You can be anywhere in the world. You can be on a, on a tube, you can be on a plane, you can be walking down the street, you can be in a shop. It doesn't matter where you go, but if someone is wearing your favorite band's t-shirt, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you've got something that is deeper than friendship. You have this affinity because we've got the same interests and we like the same things and we're into the same thing. If I see someone in Japan wearing a Radiohead t-shirt, we're friends, we're connected. Why? Because there's this connection. And this is, this is what the church is. And this is what we need to understand is, is, is that we have this deep connection. And, and I love what it says. It says, hey, uh, some people are, are falling out of the habit of meeting. But, but, but the writer of Hebrews actually says, you know, as the day comes, what's that day? That day is when Jesus comes back again. And when everything passes away that, that we see right now in the material and the only reality we see is the greatest reality, which is the reality of heaven. That's going to be pretty cool. I'm really excited for that. But, but the writer of Hebrews says, hey, as the day comes, as the day approaches, he says, you should be meeting all the more. This is, let me, let me describe what, what church is for us right now. Church is like, like, like this, this meetup of people who are going to the same destination. We're like fans in, in, a, in a, like a build-up event. And we know the gig is coming. We know the live experience is coming. And we've been in, enjoying listening to the album. And we're so pumped to go. And we've got VIP. And it's like, we're the guys coming together. And, and it talks about how we stir at one another. And we encourage one another in, in, in love. And, and it's like, we come together and we, we're like, oh my gosh. Because I don't know if you know this, but life is hard. And it's hard to keep your eyes fixed on the things of God. It's hard to, to not get distracted by the pain and the suffering in this world. But we are going to a place where God will put an end to all sin and put an end to all pain and put an end to all death and all destruction. All of that will be put away. And there will just simply be God's kingdom of peace and righteousness and joy and meaning and purpose and relationship and love. And it will be eternal life, the abundance of life for all eternity. And every single time we meet, this is, this is what's happening, friends. When we come together to gather, 
It is like we are in a pre-launch event. And this is what happens, the realm of heaven, that, that it's like so hard to see sometimes. So hard to lift our eyes sometimes and see what God is doing because we get stuck here on earth. And what happens is it's like, it's like a, 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 a portal hole. It's like an opening of the heavenly realm that sits outside of space and time. And it's, it's not somewhere we can touch and experience in that way. But every time we gather, every time we come together, it's like there is, there is a, an entrance point to heaven. See, it's not just preaching, it's not just worship, it's not just community. It's, it's that something can be deposited. And you know like when you're on like the mailing list and they send you, the band send you a little video or they send you a little teaser or they send you a little bonus track. This is what is happening every single time we meet. God is dropping little gems of healing, little words full of peace, courage, hope, confidence, everything that you need to keep your faith alive as we continue to meet, as we draw near to the day so that not one person would get left behind, but every single one of us would make it through. Your name is on the ticket. Jesus has paid the price. He's made a way for you today. You don't have to get left behind. You can be a part of God's glorious plan for redemption and hope is called heaven. Heaven is a place you want to go, friends. Heaven is going to be the, the, the epitome of everything you could ever hope for. The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. Everything here is a copy. That's the real place. And when we gather, we open up the power and the presence of God. That's why we gather, friends. I just feel pumped. <laughs> I feel excited. And when we gather, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to spend time with people. I'm excited and expecting for what God will do in his house. And here's what I also realize is that God designs these gatherings to be like a lifeline. Yeah, like, like, because without these gatherings, you lose hope. Without a connection to one another, without the presence and the power of God, without prophetic encouragement, without the gifts of the Spirit being activated, we're going to find that life is hard. But God has designed gathering, which is why it's our third element of influence. And I believe right now, even though we're online, and even though it's much better to be in person, I believe even right now that heaven can open up over your life. And that little bits of grace and God's goodness can be deposited exactly where you are, the things that you need. I believe God wants to encourage you today. I see people who are feeling hopeless. I, feel, I see darkness and I see isolation. I see almost like despair in your mind. And I believe right now that God, the God of hope, you can have an anchor for your soul right now, lifting you up, lifting up your eyes. I just see some of your, your eyes have been looking down. You're just looking at the moment instead of looking to the future. You're, you're, you're stuck in your circumstance. You feel, feel almost like tied, like your legs are tied together. But God wants you to know that you can be set free right now in the name of Jesus. If you'll just lift your eyes, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. God, I pray right now you'd break every chain of every person who feels stuck, who feels sad, who feels distressed, who feels like an inability to believe and to have faith and to have courage. We pray for an injection of faith. We pray for, for strength and courage to come into the heart of every man, woman, child. God, fill them, we pray, with your presence in the name of Jesus. This is the third element of influence, it's gathering. We believe in the gathering. And I wanna encourage you, where you've fallen out of rhythm with meeting as a church, I don't underestimate the power of what happens when we gather today. Heaven comes down, 
faith rises and we're able to keep moving, keep walking into everything that God has for us. Don't get left behind. Keep on with the journey. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of today. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has been helpful and encouraging. I'm also wondering if there's someone in your world who might benefit from hearing this message. Then please do share it with them. Help us get the word out there. And of course, you can connect with us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and so on. Just look for C3 Reflect. For anything else, go to our website, c3reflect.church. Do hit subscribe, rate and review. Thanks so much. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day.